you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of us doing this broadcast with you today. Still three feet from me, another week, still in South Carolina. Good morning, Brother Kevin. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thank Man, you. what a day. I'm telling you, we started out a, a brisk 17 degrees in South Carolina. So to put that in perspective, like uh, I grew up in Connecticut, I've lived in New York. So if it's, it would be like being 17 below in New York or Connecticut or something. I mean, the people are freaking out. The eggs are coming off the shelf. They're buying the milk. Uh, people don't know if the cars are going to start. People just don't know what to do down here at 17 <laughs> degrees. It's not natural. But I, I did seek out my heavenly father and and say, Lord, I'd really love 50-degree Januaries again. I, I enjoy those. <laughs> I put a sweatshirt on, go for a walk, a run. Uh, this whole 17-degree stuff, it's just not me. And, and I do blame Kevin squarely for bringing this down uh, from the Harrisburg area of Pennsylvania and uh, the place of his nativity. So anyway, we move forward. And uh, today we're going to be talking about lessons in transparency. And, and folks, you know, everything in the Bible is transparent. There's something special about transparency. I, I think the best pastor I ever had until this day, the pastor I have now is probably the best pastor I ever had as well. And the second best pastor I ever had uh, are just totally transparent. They're the kind of men that mm. just put everything out there. They don't guess at things. They they don't go around looking for information. They don't play uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. They they don't do those types of things. They they just put it out there. Hey, brother, Doug, I was thinking this. Tell me about it. Oh, I, I knew it was something messed up like that. And it's all over. <laughs> You know, the kind of people that stand in front of the congregation and say, I messed up. This is what I did. And I want you to know this is what I did to make it better. Mm. And I just wanted to let you know that your pastor is not perfect. And I, mm. You know, and, and all that happens at our church, it grows. It just keeps growing. 100 people a year. Just keeps people, keeps showing up. We People want transparency. We remember through the uh, uh, Bible and, uh, uh, you know, transparency is talked about in Revelation, right? He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as a crystal, <clears throat> proceeding from the throne of God. It's clear, crystal clear. You could see through everything. There's nothing hidden. The waters aren't murky. There, there's nothing bad there. And, and there were 12 gates, 12 pearls, and every gate had one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, and it was trans. It was, it were transparent glass. Uh, and, and there's something to be said about that. Having the glory of God and her light was like a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And, and, and we could keep on going on that, but, uh, you know, no mention shall be made coral of pearls. The prince of wisdom is above rubies and Job, those things you can look through, above those things you can see, above those things you've got a color. We serve a God, Kevin, who's transparent. We serve a God who shows us heaven through transparency. We throw, show, serve a God where there's no murky or dirt in the water. There's no pollution. There's nothing gummed up here, brother. Our God is a transparent God. Yeah, you know, you talked about that scripture there in Revelation, and that's the one I went to. That's the only place in the Bible where the word transparent is found. But 
um, I was listening to something or talking to someone, and it came out that in that city, <clears throat> there's no sun needed. And, um, uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean that there will be no more sun because there will be planets and all that kind of stuff as far as we know, new heaven and a new earth. But in the city, the lamb is the light in the city of gold. And, <clears throat> of course, the city shines down on the earth too, and it's kind of a heavenly body there. But, but anyway, if you think about it, if there's no light uh, needed, no sun needed, you know, and I don't know about other sources of, you know, of, of luminaries and stuff, but I do know this, if the street is transparent gold, which I'm told to get a transparent gold requires something so pure that you can see it. And, and, and scientists will tell us, I've heard someone that was a scientist say that the purest kind of metal is transparent. And I'm like, metal being transparent? Wait a minute, isn't that the definition of kind of opaque? Or isn't that the, uh, you know, the textbook example of opaque would be a metal? You know, you, the, 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 down in Louisiana, they put aluminum foil up in the, in the windows and it keeps out the, uh, you know, basically all light. But here we go with this heavenly city and you know there's not a shadow of of evil there with outer dogs sorcerers and whoremongers and all that kind of stuff but there shall no wise enter in anything that defileth or whatsoever maketh a lie and um the the streets transparent i'm not trying to make anything fit into the analogy but it's yeah. interesting that there's a bright a bright light the lamb of god <clears throat> it lights up a city so all the mansions all the buildings all the streets um, you know, 1,400 miles wide by 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles, you know, just whatever. Uh, if I got that, you know, so many furlongs. But the, but the whole idea, how in the world do you light a city with one lamb? And it, could it be that there's a transparency that we've never seen before? Certainly in the character of the inhabitants and from the character of the lamb, there's transparency. You know, the Bible talks about in the New Testament, the word sincere, sincere, sincere. It says that you may be with uh, uh, that you may approve things that are excellent. This is Philippians 1.10, that you may be sincere and without offense in um, until the till the day of Christ. So sincere, you know, Doug, I'm sure you've heard it before that it means the, the word the English word sincere comes from without wax because a cracked vessel would have it and they still do this kind of thing today you know you, you you move out of the apartment I remember I was told when you move out of the apartment you don't need to plaster over the holes in the wall just use toothpaste so you know like, you'll get your deposit back cover it with toothpaste and uh, you know just press a little toothpaste in it well that would be the idea of taking a cracked vessel you don't want to have a vessel that's got wax in the cracks. And, um, you know, we should not be phony. We shouldn't be fake. We shouldn't be hiding things. Doug, what you said is so true. We should not be the kind of people that people are thinking, what's he really like? Is he just kind of spinning, manipulating these things to make it? Yeah, like it's hard to figure out, right? Yeah, we should not be that way. Yeah, I, I, I love that analogy. I love the way you put that together. And you know, when you're not transparent, you're not honest. And and God's word reminds us, the apostle Paul said, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but in the sight of men, being transparent, being out there. And I got to tell you, you know, interpersonal relationships. All right. Uh, we, we, I get it. We have a, a ton of impersonal relationships. We have an impersonal relationship with the, uh, I don't, but most people have an impersonal relationship with the people who wait on them at stores or at 
Starbucks or whatever the case may be. But interpersonal is where we interpersonal relationship is where we make that decision. Uh, we're going in, man. Where you know, not, not only is this person waiting on me at Starbucks, but they're going to know my name's Doug. I'm going to know their name. They're going to get a Christmas present from me. They're going to get a track from me. There's going to be a conversation involved, and that's when everything turns into personal. A lot of interpersonal relationships. It could be anything from a marriage to people dating to you know even relationships. I read a book not too long ago on same-sex Christian relationships. You know, we forget about that. We live in a society today where people don't, you know, God, God's word is true. He expects us to have those interpersonal relationships and to be transparent, to be forward. You know, like this woman just wrote a book, I can't, McConkie, I can't think of her name. She's out of Viola or something like that, one of the universities, but a good Christian woman. She's written some things, and she's talking about the things missing in Christianity, and she actually goes on uh, to greater love, I think, the name of the book. I'd have to look it up. Have no fr- or no friend like this. And and I read the book. It was free out there on Kindle uh, a little while ago. I read the book in one day. It just kind of took me over as it went on and talked about biblical relationships with people of the same sex. We as a society have gotten so far away from that. What are they gay? What what does he hope to get something from that guy? Uh, what does she hope? Is she a lesbian? Uh, folks, let me tell you what, man. Be transparent. Be godly. Have relationships. Uh, you know, Kevin, I, I know we're up against the time here, but just the idea that the world wants us to believe about relationships is so goofy. Mm, when you said that, it reminded me of, uh, I pastored a Marine out in California near Camp Pendleton, and he, he went on to become a, a high-ranking NCO and retired. Now he's a cop, but he put a meme up. On, he's a friend of Facebook. He put a meme up the other day. He said It was a picture of uh, a men's bathroom, a bunch of urinals and stuff there, and, uh, it, and, and it just was the urinals. He said, um, and it had pictures of rainbows above a few of the urinals. He said, what men think of the guy who comes into the restroom and stands in the urinal next to him? <laughs> you know, basically, he's got to be a rainbow if he chooses the one next to me. And um, and sometimes, yes, guilty that we think those kind of things. But, you know, when it comes to the witnessing for Jesus Christ, that should be second. You know, we, yes, we protect ourselves, right, just like we would protect ourselves from a predator of the same of the opposite sex who's trying to seduce us. I get all that stuff. But I got challenged by someone who said, you better be careful about who you're witnessing to and not witnessing to. Yeah, folks, I'm telling you what, and you have those relationships. Be strong, be out there, be godly. We'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Here we are in John chapter 18, verses 19 through 21. Uh, Tell me why I don't like Mondays, but I do like Mondays when we get to open the Word of God. I do like Mondays when we get to dig in. And uh, the Bible says as we continue on with the life of Christ, uh, chapter 18, verse number 19, the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. 
And again, transparency, saying the right thing, putting it out there, telling the truth. In verse 20, it says, Jesus answered, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple where the Jews always resort. In secret have I said nothing. He said, man, I'm out there. I don't have to worry about things. Verse 21, why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me, and have I said unto them, behold, they know what I said. And, and, and brethren, can I tell you something? I have nothing in secret is what it's saying. Jesus says, there's, there's no secret I hold. I'm not hiding things. I, I don't have this secret. Let me tell you, when you keep secrets, when you hide secrets, when you try to lie about secrets, when you try to be around the corner about secrets, when you try to make things look differently, when you try, you got to remember a lot of junk. Folks, when you're caught up in evil, uh, when you're caught up in the murky waters you can't see through, when you're caught up in trying to keep a story right with this person and keep a story wrong with this person, you're living the wrong life. That's not a godly life. That's not a life of Christ. That's a life of craziness. That's a life of being upside down. And so he goes in there, and, you know, he's being interrogated by the high priest. Now, remember, these people, you know, we're, we're uh, in a relationship with God. We have pastors. We don't have bishops and cardinals. Some do. I drove down the road the other day. I or a sign where the Apostle John and the Apostle Jane have a church down the road here. But the Bible says God's not making apostles anymore, and uh, we're all equal at the foot of cross. Now, God does make some preachers, and he does make some evangelists, and we know that the name for pastor in the Bible is called bishop at times. We know it's called pastor at times. I'm not picking on any of that, but what I'm saying is, uh, you know, we have a responsibility to be truthful, to be honest, to be all out there, to put everything out there. There's no secrets. There's no secret revelation that God gave me more than Kevin. Hey, listen, I'm coming on later today. I'm going to give you a secret. God told me when, and stop it. People who do that drive me crazy. And, uh, and you know, it, it's just a crazy way to live. And so he's saying, I'm not hiding anything. I haven't hit anything. There's no secrecy. I don't have to defend something that I did not say. I know what I said. I know what I believe. And, and Kevin, if we can live that life, if we can know what we say and believe what we say, we don't have to worry about what we said a year ago. We don't have to worry about what we said a day ago. We just move forward. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when at first we practice to deceive. First Thessalonians 2 is a verse. Doug, it means a lot to me because, you know, I, before I was saved, I was a liar. You know, I you just you, you cheat with the truth. And I've heard it said since that time, if a man will lie to you, he'll steal from you. Be careful. Don't trust a liar. But, um, you know, Paul was not that way. This is Paul put it all out there. He said, for yourselves know, this is 1 Thessalonians 2.1, yourselves know our entrance in unto you. In other words, this is how we showed up at your doorstep when we planted the church, that it was not in vain, but even as we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention, for our excitation was not of deceit nor of uncleanness nor in guile. You know what guile is? Beguiling people is like tricking them into believing something. And folks, there's people that believe that you it's okay to beguile people about who you are. You kind of sneak up behind them as a Christian, you know, and and I've heard it called sneak up. The, the, the neo crowd sneaks up behind people and injects them with the gospel so that they don't even know what they're getting. 
And, uh, you know, this whole idea of trying to keep up with the world, compete with the world, show people that, you know, we, we can sing like the world better than the world and, you know, give everyone that good feeling that, that, uh, that, that we can be, um, you know, better, better at everything, including, you know, dancing, smoking dope or whatever. It just, it's not a way to go to it's to me, that's guile. And I've heard it said that the millennial crowd does not trust church because this was an article I read because the guy is trying to dis, that, that so many of the pastors up front are trying in this mega church movement in particular to deceive the people into thinking he is as hip and as good looking as everybody else. And he says, stop it. Just be real. We're looking for real was what he was saying. And Paul said, um, that was not like how we did it. He said, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but as but God, which trieth our heart. For neither at any time use we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you. Do you see the language of attitude of no hidden agenda, being upfront, open, transparent, not not trying to cloak our um, motivation behind what we do. For uh, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ, you know, people that are trying to trick you into thinking that you're their good buddy when you really are after the their your own success, build your own career, get the offerings and that kind of thing. So many of the televangelists come across so sweet. Doug, you and I talked about. Um, an individual that we both know that, that goes online and has Zoom calls with all many many people, and it's a is don't you think that's kind of the 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 textbook the poster child for this kind of thing of of using flattering words and a cloak of covetousness and not being open about your agenda? Yeah, it's hypocrisy, and it, it's a terrible thing. You know, lying's a terrible thing, and, and and folks, one of the toughest things I went through as a parent was we just never accepted lying around here. And for the most part, our kids were always honest with us. And there was a couple times that our kids came to us, uh, each one individually at their own age and their own time, and said, Dad, this is, I lied to you at this point, and I apologize. So two different kids, two different times, totally private, came to me and talked to me about that. You know, hypocrisy, like this guy Kevin and I spoke of that Kevin was just mentioning. You know, you come on, you cry a little bit, you talk about how tough your life is, all these things you've been through. And most people know it's not true. You know, most of what you're not saying, you know, when you get to a point of lying so much, when you get to a point of living a lie, when you come, when you get to a point of taking down people, not caring about people, I got to tell you, you start to believe your own rhetoric. You start to believe your own lies. You can turn on the tears. You can turn on the crocodile tears, folks. You can, yep. you can turn them on in a heartbeat. I, I, I remember this preacher used to come through years ago, and he preached at a church I was a member of when I first got saved. And he wouldn't even get out six words before he was like, ah, ah, ah. And, I mean, it was, it was more. This guy could win an Oscar. <laughs> you know, he should have went to Hollywood, man. And uh, we need transparency. We need Now, if you're going to cry, it's okay. Folks, I've been there, you know, snot hanging six inches from the nose, crying like a baby trying to preach. Uh, when it's real, it's the real deal. It's yeah. cool. 
We don't lie. We don't fake. We're not hypocrites. There's, uh, we don't live in, remember what Romans chapter 12, you know, there's no hypocrisy here. Uh, we, we don't live in assimilation or a dissimulation. We, we live a life that's honest before men. Mm. We stand upright before men and women. We got to live that way, folks. And, and, and I'll tell you, as I speak this to you again, this is us. You know, this is something we have to look at. Every time we go through these Bible verses, every time we pick a new name and a and a new broadcast to throw on the radio, we're looking at ourselves in the mirror. You know, self-reflection, we talked about that last week. It's real. It's got to be in our lives. Hey, should I have done that? Should I have said something? You know, it wasn't all that long ago, maybe a year or so ago. I remember a lady had been talking with Debbie and I, and I picked up the phone and she called and she said, man, I, I misrepresented this. This was wrong. You know, my husband really wasn't that bad. And I know you guys are consoling me, and I thought about this, and I've reflected on this, and I'm angry. I want to kill him. But the truth is, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I still respect her. I, we, we talked with her not too long ago. I respect that. There's something special about being honest. And, and folks, you know what's great? You can always go back and say, hey, I goofed. Yeah. This is where I'm at now. We love you guys. I can't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow we're talking about endurance and grace and all those good things. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.